Good evening, and it is evening Central Time Zone. It is Pacific, where I am in hot-ass Las Vegas. Welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports. Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am KG Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me is Andy Yanez from Paul Slamma Jamma. Colleague Willie Gibson is finishing up vacation with his family. So that's why you don't see him with us uh, today. Uh, I think he'll be back with us next Sunday. Mr. Yanez, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How how hot? What's the temperature in Vegas? 115, 116, something like that. Breaking records. Yep. Dang. Yeah, well, I is, is, it, is it humid? I'm sure it's, it's not humid. It's not humid, but it's so dry it messes up my eyes and my nose. So that's why I can't do much. I'm learning uh, a lot about myself that dry heat, very dry heat, like 20% humidity is not good for me. So <laughs> some of my Everybody's friends probably used to it. Are so out and about with the yeah, they're out and about enjoying Vegas and I'm not. So but it's all good. All right. Uh, your thoughts on Big 12 Media Day. I think you and well, Dan had a show. What, what were your thoughts on it? Yes, sir. I mean, let's start with Commissioner Bray Yarmark. And I don't know exactly when he introduced this phrase. I don't remember. I know he specifically mentioned it in September when he visited the University of Houston campus. Open for business. And it seems that he's been, obviously, the big, the big phrase that got a lot of buzz when he initially said it. But he's had the same response to it for the past year. He's been open for business. Doesn't necessarily mean we're open for expansion. We're open for looking at all options on the table. And, of course, when it comes to the new additions in Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU, of course, the biggest thing from Big 12 Media Day was being able to welcome them uh, to be a part of the Power Five and and kind of welcoming in to the Big Twelve Conference and a little a little bit of shots not necessarily from Brent Yormark but just from some different people affiliated with the Big Twelve. I believe it was the Deputy Commissioner. He has the Deputy in his mm-hmm. title yeah. talking about Texas and Oklahoma and about them potentially. Essentially, what he said is the move for them to the Southeast Conference to the Southeastern Conference SEC because they prefer to lose to, to bigger brand names such as Alabama as to compare to if they would have stayed in the Big 12 and still lose to Big 12 opponents. So there was a lot of a lot of back and forth, a lot of shade being thrown across and just future visions for the conference, of course. And then when you localize it, looking at it from the Houston perspective, Brett Yormark is a big fan of Houston Cougars men's basketball with Kelvin Sampson at the helm. Something that came across. And... Uh... Joe Mendez, thank you very much for your, for your comment. I post that right here. Got a lot of fans. I'm going to see. I, I thought about this after the fact, but this I'm going to play a clip. It's two minutes. It's one minute twice, but in the middle of it, you hear Commissioner Yormark basically saying, "Can you run it back, please?" It is the Big 12's new countdown of their eventual brand, but this was debuted at the first day, day one of day two of the Big 12 Football Media Day. Yes, I was there as part of the Houston Round Bar Review because I'm branching out as part of what the media group does. But here is a clip. Check it out. We started at 12. One in 11 deep. And dropping downs since 9-6. Back when the Big 8 
meant the Southwest to countless wings later. And if we're talking hardware, how seven hydrants count? With six by the net, or five on the floor, we got the power. And to the new four coming our way, welcome. This is for the four years to make your mark. Whether it's a three with 3.1 on the clock, or the biggest two-point play that inspired generation. One thing's clear, we've always been ready to twist. You know, I love that spot so much. Can you play it again for me, please? One more time. Thank you. Started at 12, running 11 deep, and dropping downs since 9-6. Back when the Big 8 met the Southwest, to countless wins later. And if we're talking hardware, how seven hydrants count? With six by the net, or five on the floor, we got the power. coming our way, welcome. This is for the four years to make your mark. Whether it's a three with 3.1 on the clock, or the biggest two-point play that inspired generation. One thing's clear, we've always been ready to twist. What are your thoughts on that, Andy Inez? It's a big, a big time production, and <laughs> you gotta love a uh, Brett Yarmark adding in there that he wanted to run it back and hear it twice. And actually played that uh, during the ESPN broadcast whenever they were doing Big Twelve Media Days. I'm not sure if that might have been a part of it because when they played it the first time, the ESPN broadcast didn't necessarily have it full screen, and then when they they played it again twice, it they was completely focused on that. So that that could have been another reason, but. I think it's good for the Big 12 and something that Commissioner Yormar reiterated whenever he did the Q&A with, with media. And it's really about celebrating the remaining schools that have been a part of the Big 12 conference and, of course, welcoming in the new four. And every time he would also say also thanking Texas and Oklahoma for what they contributed to right, the right. creation of the conference. Being political, Brett Yormark is it's got that down pat, but it again, big time production. It's a it's a real good video, very good quality. And I was sitting pretty much in the middle of uh, the big screen, and that was one of the few times that the Wi Fi and everything worked. Because first oh, day, day one, Wi Fi was not good for any of us. <laughs> and so fortunate, that's why I had to use my phone. But the Wi Fi was not good. It got better. I'm not sure if it was because of less people being there on, on day two or not. But, yeah, the Wi-Fi was the biggest problem for a lot of the media in attendance there at Jerry World. But it was good. Commissioner Yormark had a Q&A. You touched on the deputy commissioner interview I think he did with John Kurtz. And he touched on why the Longhorns, in his opinion, left the conference to lose to better quality opponent <laughs> than lose to Iowa State. And that's what he said. Rather lose to Alabama than to Iowa State. But one of the things I heard, well, a couple of things I heard, and this is for Joe Mendez, Tony M as well, and folks watching us on Twitter and on YouTube at Houston Round Bar View. All signs point to Colorado joining the Big 12. That has not changed. I was told that weeks ago. 
heard it again on Wednesday that Colorado is going to join the Big 12. Uh, Timetable could be as soon as the end of this month that Colorado will return. Well, could I say return to the Big 12? I guess you want to say since they were part of it, you know, before they left to go to the Pac-12. But sounds like they will be coming back to the Big 12. And then we'll see who comes with them. That's less certain. But just what I what I said right there, what are your thoughts on that? Colorado coming back to the Big 12. Colorado coming back to the Big 12. It's been kind of like the golden goose this entire summer. Uh, there's been a lot of noise around it. There's been a lot of, whether it be uh, social media, so you take everything with a grain of salt, but there's been a lot of noise, rumors, and innuendo that it's just a matter of time until Colorado they're kind of the first domino that comes back to joining to come back to the big 12 and really uh, ushers in what you would imagine an avalanche potentially with more schools. Cause you'd assume if Colorado's the first one to jump ship from the Pac-12 to the big 12s, then others probably aren't too far behind them. And it, it I, I don't know if you can necessarily connect this, uh, connect the dots, but there's just been a lot of weird things when it comes to realignment. And just look at what happened with San Diego State and their whole situation with the Mountain West Conference, and and whether now we didn't officially say that we were gonna our intent to leave the conference, but there's a lot of crazy things going on with conference realignment. It was brought up again. Uh, Commissioner Bray Ormark didn't go into anything. He said we're evaluating. We're, all options are on the table. If it creates value, that's the that's mm-hmm. the big kind of key phrase that he used for the Big 12's existing members, and they will do it. And I believe, in my opinion, that I think Colorado most definitely would be able to add value, especially when you look at it right now, where that program is right now from a football standpoint. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that program because of who the head coach is in Deion Sanders. And, of course, just looking at it from a time zone uh, perspective, uh, being able to add Colorado, which is much closer to uh, BYU, which could potentially be beneficial in that aspect. I'm not sure how far away Colorado is from BYU and, and to some of the northern Texas schools, even to Oklahoma State. So I think it makes sense from a geographical standpoint. And like Joe Mendez said, bring on primetime from uh, depending on how fast potentially Colorado could end up being a member. It could even be, you know, from a from a outside perspective, looking at it, localizing it to Houston, if they come relatively quickly, there could potentially be a, a football reunion with some players that left and and joined mm-hmm. Colorado. Mr. McCaskill, yes, mm-hmm. that and that'd be something if they join soon enough for Alton to uh, play former teammates. I'm sure, the guys, the Cougs, they would circle that date if that. <laughs> work to take place. I think some UH fans and alums would as well for a if a UH Colorado football game by the way was on the docket. Go ahead. Not to cut you off, but Nate didn't really is going off in this summer league game. He's helping the Rockets get into that championship summer league game. I think he's up to twenty points uh in the third quarter and he's he's all over the place. Uh, well, but I digress. No good for him because I was getting text messages from from colleagues and alums about Nate Hinton trying to get that contract, you know Salute to him. What is it? I think it was. How long has it been? Because I, whenever it was, I, I said he was when two he years away from being two years away. <laughs> Yeah, it was twenty twenty. It was after the twenty nineteen twenty season, so it's a twenty twenty draft. So I thought it was a mistake then. I thought uh, he should have come back. He would have been a junior had he come back. It's taken him this this long to 
keep grinding. Salute to him. You know, commend him for continuing to pursue his dream. Um, I'm not sure today's performance helps him maybe earn a contract, a two-way, or I think the Rockets have one more two-way deal because the new CBA teams can carry three guys on two-way contracts. So if that's the case, maybe he can be the third player to get a two-way deal for him, stay in town. I mean, Nate, I'm not sure. I'm 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 watching the game, okay? It's summer league. Uh, I'm not sure how he's getting his shots, if he's knocking down threes or if he's doing hustle points. I mean, that's part of Nate's game, just getting hustle and playing good defense. He's always done that, diving on the floor. The last part I saw about today's game was he got stepped on in the privates by a Utah big man who hung on the rim and was just like clueless that he didn't see Nate or forgot Nate took a charge and landed under the basket. And the big man, he caught the pass from a teammate who ran into Nate. And like he forgot Nate was there on the floor underneath him. And he came down, took his hands off the rim. And his big size, whatever, 17, landed on Nate in that area that all men know hurts like hell. So that's when I turned away from it and got ready for the show. But And then Nate's scoring and lighting it up and good for him. Hopefully he can stay. And G League bounce around, but the Rockets are so deep now. I'm not sure. You know, he might make the 15, be the 14th, I mean, yeah, 15th man. Earn know? a contract somewhere. One so, of uh, 30 teams. But good, good but for I him. Digress. I digress. Oh. Sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to cut. To no, no. Occup Occ said Marcus just scored 40. Oh, wow. <laughs> 40. In our group. Going on. Uh, yeah. Our group chat on Twitter, he sent a message that Marcus just dropped 40. So, Marcus did his thing, and uh, well, the Rockets are playing for the championship game of the summer league, and mm -hmm. Detroit was playing for sixth, seventh place, whatever they're doing. But they both play today. I think they're playing the same time as well, or they, their game just ended for the D Detroit. Who knows? Y'all see how much I'm spending you know, covering summer league. But it's good for, for Marcus, good for Nate. I hope that the announcers refer to both of them you know, they both played for Houston, you know, sometimes sometimes in the broadcast, they had to learn from Coach Kelvin Sampson and that, and that coaching staff and player development, the Houston Cougars and Marcus Sasser played for Houston and that great staff there, Coach Sampson. So it's, it's good for the program as well. And who was it? Who was a part of the group chat? Who was it yesterday? Was saying Marcus wasn't shooting well? Who? I believe was it Aki? Was Aki. I believe so. <laughs> You must well, have somehow seen the chat. <laughs> so maybe, heard it. yeah, because what was he? He said Sasser dealing with injuries. Friday, he's, he asked if Sasser was dealing with injuries. Well, he just Marcus wasn't shooting well. The shot wasn't falling. I guess the shot fell a lot today. Good. Good for them. Good to see the two of them shine. All right. I hinted at this before we started the show. Correct. Going to say this to you on the air, Joe Mendez. Tony M, anyone else watching us on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports and also on Houston Round Bar View on YouTube as well as Facebook. Be sure to hit the like button on YouTube. Definitely. And tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about Folks Talk Sports. Had a good hit there from my Hassan Hippolyte clip comment that I, Hassan, I think I have. I oh, most definitely. It the uh, folks on the Folks Talking Sports Twitter. And that, yep. see, Houston loves that. They love that blue collar culture. That's Houston blue collar. They love it. So, yeah, I don't think I have it on my laptop, but, yeah, 
Andy, if you can, see if you can pull up, can pull it up on, on Twitter. I'm not sure how, how strong a vine would be via share screen. But the news I wanted to share, and this surprised me. And let me say this. Everyone who fo- follows this show, follows FTS, knows that I have been, continue to be critical of UH football coach, head coach, Dana Hogerson. Okay? They know that. Hasn't changed. But based on what Chris Pesman said to uh, Alan, how are you doing? Alan's busy. Alan Tran, is, he comments on a lot of different YouTube shows. So just glad he's part of this one as well. But I digress. Chris Pesman basically said in an article, Daily Cougar, that the administration has not done enough for their non-football, men's basketball sports. And they're going to invest more in other sports. Pez said that a successful season, football season, this year in his eyes would be going to a bowl game. Okay? That's six and six. Minimum. That's six wins. Mm -hmm. Scuttlebutt I heard in Arlington was that if Dana does not go six and six, five and seven, four and eight, that he'd still get fired. Really? Yes. And that surprised me. This this wasn't from Pez. Okay, let me be clear on that. This is from people connected with the program saying that if he does not go and win at least five games, so that's even, that's even less than than Pez's, you know, six wins for a bowl. But if obviously if he doesn't get this, you know, if the Cougs don't go to a bowl eligible, that he would get fired. He would be fired. Well, Chris, to that I say I'll see it when I believe it. And I'll also say you look at the schedule, specifically when you talk about non-conference, and I know that we've brought it up and UTSA, uh, UTSA, that big one, uh, Ryan Monceau has said it for Goku's.com. I think he said, we're going to learn a lot about the direction of the Houston Cougars football team game one and how yes. they come out and how they look against UTSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at their own conference schedule, for all intents and purposes, they're power five program. They're in the big 12, first year in the big 12 at home to kick off the season at TDCU stadium against UTSA on paper. You would, you would think the Houston, you, could, you should pencil that. That should be a win. Looking at it from that standpoint, they play Sam Houston and they play Rice. That should be three wins right there. Should be. Chris, right. you agree? Agreed. It should. Okay. I think it'll be two. But yes, go ahead. So right there, you're, you're already halfway there. Now all you have to do is not be a, a, on the basement of the Big 12. It's not, it's not unreasonable, especially when you play West Virginia and you play UCF and Cincinnati. UCF is... Right now, again, what is July 16th, heading into the training camp before we even start um, really gearing up for week one of the the college football season. But I think you could reasonably put UCF ahead of Houston. I think not many people argue with that at this point. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, they're in a rebuild. They're in an interesting transition phase as well. Yep, they were were picked by the media 13th to Mm -hmm. Houston's 12th. So, yes. So, on paper, again, that should be one win, so we're at four. They play West Virginia, which is 
picked to be the worst team in the Big 12 Conference, mm-hmm. correct? Right. That should be uh, another. It should be a win. And to add on top of that, that game will be in Houston, correct? Right. Now, last season, they played Texas Tech. You can't take what happened one year and paste it over on another year. It's just different team, different circumstances. It's not going to happen again. But Houston very well should have beaten Texas Tech a season ago. I don't and, think and that was that was a message said repeatedly at media day. <laughs> yes, they should have won that game by the Cougs, by Dana and the yeah. players. We they should have won that game. Fourth and when I, 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 I can't lost count how many times I said fourth and 20. You get yes. a stop on fourth and 20, yep. you win the game. And again, you never know. That could ultimately, it could be a completely different season because then they're going 2 0 heading into their first home game against Kansas. And who knows? Maybe, maybe just from a momentum standpoint, it affects um, the, the course of the season. So they play them. If they can beat them, that right there, that's, that's six wins right there. Now let's look at some of the other potential toss-ups. Now, well, toss-ups, you look at some of the other games. I think, obviously, <laughs> going I, based on my I, guarantee. I, yeah, I think. <laughs> that That's going to be a big That's game, a win, your guarantee. And well, folks who don't know, he says, Andy has said that the Cougs will beat the Longhorns on Saturday, October 21st. So much so. He said it on Paw Samajama. He said it here on Folks Talking Sports that he on and Giannis guarantee. And on the lunch break on Thursday as well, that Houston will beat the Longhorns Saturday, October 21st at TDECU Stadium. So that is how many wins? Six, seven? What is that? If, if we're counting Texas, that would be seven. So. And this is very, very well looking at it at an optimistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. They go three and zero non conference. They beat UTSA. They beat Rice. They beat Sam Houston. They go up to Lubbock and they do what they couldn't do a season ago and beat Texas Tech. They take care of business against West Virginia on a on a Thursday game on a Thursday night game. Now Houston, it's not even going to be a short week for Houston uh, because they have a bye week in between Texas Tech and West Virginia. So. They'll have relatively good rest heading into that game against West Virginia. It'll be at home. And then, like I said, home against Cincinnati. And, of course, we mentioned Texas. All right, let's, 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 let's do it. Seven winnable games. Well, six winnable games for sure, in my opinion. Looking at it on paper on July 16th. Okay. I, I'm a, I, w- I agree with Ryan regarding the importance of the game, the season opener against UTSA. I think they're going to lose, and Cougs will lose that game. But if they, assuming they win that game, let's go down the schedule. I got it right here. UTSA, mm-hmm. you say W, correct? It should be a, a win. Yes, no, no question. At Rice, all of us, oh, all of us should be. should be a win. No, you should never lose to Rice, agreed. especially now in football. <laughs> in football, should not be a question. No question. The Big Twelve opener for the Cougs. September 16th versus TCU as part of be game one of four of the Big 12 homecoming kind of thing. We're doing events. They're making the games for the new members events like Thursday through Saturday doing different things to promote they call new it members. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but marketing, promoting the, the new programs, the new members of the Big 12. Loss win for Houston. I would, I would, 
I would think it would be a, a loss if you look at it on paper, but even okay. then, um, that TDECU stadium will be packed, and TCU could potentially be a little bit transitioned. But I, right now, on paper, I think that's a loss. So that at that point, they would be two and one. Okay, two and one. Sam Houston State. That should be a win. That's no excuse. Okay. You cannot Agreed. lose to Sam Houston. That's probably worse than losing to Rice. Three and one. Mm-hmm. Next, in Lubbock. And that is going to be a an emotional game. Texas Tech is going to um, induct Mike Leach. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. And uh, I think Cliff oh, Kingsbury boy. in their ring of honor, you know, Red Raider Hall of Fame kind of thing. So they're going to honor both of them. Wow. Well, that's interesting. That could potentially be a factor from an emotional standpoint for for the Red Raiders. But I still think I think that if you pick them right now, if we're looking at it from an odd standpoint, I think that game is much more of a pick them. But I just think Houston, they they should be able to go in there and win. Really? OK, well, I mean, I don't know what the odds are. And you're but... I, I, I would guess it would be pretty close to a toss up. Yeah, man, I'm sure Texas Tech would be favored because they're at home. But looking at it from you know, in, in terms of you, you could be right, but in terms of preseason predictions, there's some chatter about the Red Raiders competing for the possibly you know winning the Big Twelve. I can't. I, I, doubt, I just I, I can't do that. that. <laughs> I just don't trust their defense. Period. But could be one of those teams to be up there. Player. Right. Okay. <clears throat> In Lubbock, I'm gonna say a loss. All right. Okay, I'll put them at three and two, and I could see that. I, honestly, that game could go either way. Okay, West Virginia. That needs to be a win. It needs to be for sure. But their West Virginia head coach, he <laughs> he was speaking from his chest at media day. He said, "We would not beat. We would not be last. We would not be last, folks. Media, you guys don't know what you're doing. We got a lot of transfers coming in." who wanted other places, veterans, we will not be last. We will be better than predicted. Okay? Still a home game for the Cougs. On extended rest. And it's a blackout game. So Cougs should win that game. Okay? That's that's four and two. Four and two. Next <laughs> is your matchup. Yes, it's sir. the guarantee against the Longhorns. Correct. That's, that's five and two. If we're looking at it from my standpoint. But Chris, what do you think? What do you think about that game? I don't think I've heard your opinion on that game. I think the Longhorns are going to stump a hole in us and just run all over the, the, the Cougars. That's that's what I think. But nah, because I don't I like the Longhorns, I'm going to pick the Cougs to win because I don't like them. But logically, that's a game the Longhorns should win. Oh, no doubt. I'm you not know, looking at it from a from – a, But, yes. That's but just not – That's not. I'm, like, I'm not guaranteeing it like you are. Like, whatever the line is, I take the points. At minimum, I take the Cougs in the points. Oh, I know Texas is going to be favored in that game. And when absolutely, when tech, whenever that line comes out, you know what? I might as well go go put, go put everything on Houston. No, don't do that. Don't don't listen to gambling advice from me. So I mean, after was, the Longhorns. Oh, look at that in the train. He says Houston in a blowout. Yeah. Well, you know, Allen, he, he, he proudly wears his Cougar-tinted glasses. Proudly. Where's them? He sees everything sports-related in a Cougar with a Cougar vision. Okay. At K-State, that's a loss. Uh, agreed. 
at Baylor should be a loss. Should be lost because it's a road game, you know. Okay, so that's five and four via Indianas. Right? Correct. Okay. Next homecoming, Cincinnati. That should be a win at home. So that makes him bowl eligible right there. Correct. All right. Then Oklahoma State. I think that's a winnable game at home. Senior day. Now, <laughs> that senior day didn't matter a season ago, but I think that's that's closer to a toss-up. Okay, so 7-4 and four, and then at UCF to close I out the regular season. That's going to be a loss. I have All right, that so that's 7-5. and five. Optimistic viewpoint. So seven that, and five. You mean they go three and zero in non-conference? That's the key. The key is the the season opener. UTSA sets a tone. Frank Harris against Donovan Smith. Well, assuming Smith Donovan is, the is a starting starter. quarterback, and that's also one thing uh, Coach Holgerson said at media day, and also has said with um, media sessions with the local media, Houston media, that. The quarterback battle is, you know, it's 50 50. He wants them to continue competing until it's time to announce a starter. So the competition is, is good. And the Cougs are getting better in the sense of depth, talent, being good enough to compete for positions. So that's an improvement on the roster. The roster is getting more talented. So, the, so practices are getting more competitive. So guys are having to earn their spots, just not being handed to them. So, okay. Tony M., what do you say here? You say, can we just get five wins, please? Well, Tony, we know if he's insinuating he wants them to to only get five wins for a specific reason. Yeah, is that a reason because of what I said a few minutes ago, Tony? (laughs) Is that why you're saying that? Yeah, there you go. There it is. There, There it is. Yep. Um, uh, and let me let me add to that what I said about it. I was surprised to hear it from two different people, two you know people I I respect who know more about college football and the program, UH football than I do. But they both said it that they've heard it from different people, different sources for both of them. That Dana's job is not safe if they don't win at least five games this year. Even though I trust them, I'd still be surprised if it it happens. Like I said, I'll see it when I believe it. And first of all, that's a big... Looking at the schedule, I think it's reasonable to see that they could very well be... they, They could get to six wins. It's not that tall of a task. So maybe in a sense, it does make sense that they can't get to six wins... Uh, with the non-conference schedule they have. But again, I'll see it when I believe it. And you want to know why, Chris? Because of the the history in the past, and specifically looking at uh, some other programs like you alluded to at the beginning of the show, the non-revenue sports. Oh, no question. <laughs> it could be different with football because of you know how much revenue and how much expectations and just how in general there's much more of uh, attention to the program. But... I, I don't just, see it. I, I don't. I don't see it. I mean, the buyout. I'd have to look it up in my files. But what the buyout would still be, that Dana would be owed. Oh um, my God! Nate but, almost had a three, uh, uh, 
he well, first of all, he was talking to Dwayne Wade in a cutaway second. Then he just drove, did a spin move, and almost hung in the air and hit a contested layup. But he he just missed, and the Jazz got within six. But oh, and one of my buddies just said NBA TV because the Sasser game, Detroit Indiana, was on NBA TV. One of my buddies texted me and said that NBA TV had a highlight package of Marcus Sasser buckets today. <laughs> wow. So good, good for Sasser. Good, good, for, good for him. Yes, definitely. And and folks who are chiming in didn't see it. Too. Yeah, who didn't see it. You know, I said, I think I said it on, on FTS a few weeks ago that Marcus Sasser would be a Detroit Piston. I said that before the draft. And Marcus Sasser is a Detroit Piston. And I think he's going to have a long, successful career. And to all those folks, I think I said a rocket, my last time, Houston Rockets show, I said, wouldn't it be great when Marcus Sasser helps Detroit win its fourth championship and that win comes against the Rockets? Yes, it would be great. I think that would be outstanding. So, but I digress on that as well. Oh, yeah. So let me pull up and see what Marcus did in the game. But yes, I don't believe, I'm like, I believe when I see it, I'm not sure Pez likes firing coaches because <laughs> he hasn't done it yet. I think in this time here, uh, you know, firing coaches, Dana, the Cougs have to fall on their face. <laughs> I mean, agreed. And we, we kind of alluded to that in part Simon Jam. Like it has to, the, the wheels have to completely come yeah. off. Uh, and honestly, it probably, even if they were to lose you to UTSA, I personally think they would have to, they would have to, either go winless or only get one win in conference and even losing a right, losing a rice would do it. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to happen. It's not realistic. So the talent um, level for football is better. They got some big 12 talent. Heck, they got some big 12 transfers to come to Houston. So the talent level has more motivated. I think they're definitely motivated. I think what was one of the quotes, um, which by the way, Chris, I also have the the Hassan Hippolyte clip if quote play it, but also Patrick Paul. Patrick Paul said that you know they got a huge chip on their shoulder. Exactly. So maybe that will will help these guys surprise some people. Is it on, Chris? Let me know when I can play it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, to, be, to be completely honest with you, uh, at our university, I think it's a little different than a lot of universities. We don't really make it like a big deal. Because at the end of the day, we were surviving our stipend chase before that. So, like, we, we blue-collar workers at the University of Houston. We're not out here for all the glitz and glamour, all these dollar signs and all that. At the end of the day, we're chasing a dream. So, if you accomplish your dream, the money going to come. At the end of the day, we fell in love with the people. We ain't falling in love with our logo, you know? So, again, Hassan we blue Yeah, we blue-collar workers at the University of Houston. That's right. That's one thing the board man, Justin Gorham, said. That we're not blue blood. We are blue collar. That's the Houston Cougar mindset for men's basketball. And I think it is in athletics. So Hassan said it, and I put it on there on Twitter, and it blew up. Because it is, heck, I'm a, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Mr. Yanez, but I think we live that as well. We are That's blue collar. You know, so this is who we are as alums. It's just part of who we are as well. We grind. We try to do more with less because that's how 
we were raised, you know. And just also, UH, UH alumni in general, they didn't, it's not like some other schools up north. But mm -hmm. Yep. But I'm looking at Marcus Sasso went 16 for 25 today, five for nine from three, made all three of his free throws, which he's been struggling from the line as well, what I've seen a few times in, in summer league. So, yep, he scored 40 points in not quite 30 minutes. Dang. So that's yeah, that's good for him. And let me see turnovers. He only he had none. That had been an issue for him as well. So, so good for Marcus. I uh, I hope that is that helps quiet some of the Piston fans who were. Oh my gosh, y'all said Marcus can shoot. All I'm seeing him do is <laughs> is go over seven for three. Y'all sure he can shoot? Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, so Marcus said. So cool on, on good for him, and Detroit finishes the priest the summer league four and one, so he can end this in summer league on a high note. So salute to him. I don't know uh, what did Oscar Thompson do? Did he play today? I don't think he did. He did not. Wow. So Detroit rested their fifth pick in the draft and relied on their twenty fifth pick in the draft to get them the win today. So yep, Marcus Sasser carried Detroit in their. 20-point win over Pacers Light. I don't see if Jarris played in the game today for Indiana. He did not. Jarris did not play for the Pacers. So, but there you go. So, And the Rockets are minutes away from advancing to the Summer League Championship game. So I'm, I'm sure some Rocket fans are looking forward to banner raising for winning a Summer League Championship. Would they put that in Toyota Center, Chris? I sure hope not. I hope I really hope not. They better they better not put up that kind of trash. That, that's that's just as bad as winning putting up a division banner. Please, whatever. But I digress on all of that. Okay. Thank you everybody watching us here on Folks Talking Sports. If you missed it, we're talking about UH and their first Big Twelve Football Media Day. Andy just played the clip from Hassan Hippolyte, letting everybody know that UH is a blue-collar program. It's a great comment, great clip. A lot of pride in that clip. Uh, Patrick Paul told me my interview with him. It's on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, at Houston Rombar View as well. They have a big chip on their their shoulder, and he goes by Pat Paul. His tw Twitter is Patrick, but he goes by Pat. So, so everybody call him Pat Paul. But, yep, and... Uh, I forgot the other guy's name. They, I did not talk to Nelson Caesar, Jack Freeman, right? Jack was there, right? Yeah. He's correct. I think he was the only uh, blue collar only. guy as well. Talking to all three of them, vets, longest tenured guys on the with the program. Alan, thank you very much for your comments. You take care. Uh, come come again on this show and other shows here on the YouTube channel. Always, always great to hear from you. But um, it was good to see all of them. At, at Media Day, they were proud of the program, looking forward to competing in the Big 12. Let me say this to everybody chiming in with, the, with the comments, watching us on YouTube or on Twitter. What do you as fans, well, we know what Tony wants. <laughs> what do you as fans exactly. of UH, how many wins do you predict for the football team in their first season in the Big 12. And yes, it's just July, so we're not going to hold you to it. 
you can always change it up until the start of the football season. But make your predictions. How many wins for UH football this year coming up? Uh, Andy has seven. Uh, I'm going to say five. I think that's their ceiling. I think seven wins is their ceiling. Okay. All right. That's their ceiling. I think five is my ceiling. I'm still going with three. <laughs> I think it's going to fall off. If it, if it's just three, then he's going to be fired. But I, I'm going to say five is probably the, on the high. Joe says six and six with a bold victory. And I think that, that, that'll probably end up being the more likely. They very well could end up winning a game that they have no business winning, which I, I believe it'll be October 21 against Texas. And they very well could lose a game that, that'll be a head scratch and it'll be frustrating. So I, I very well could see six and six with a bold victory. And if that is the case, that's a win. That's a that's a successful season for that's, this year. Yeah, that'd be what Chris Pesman, you know, qualifies as a successful season this first year in the Big Twelve, going to a bowl, and that'd be minimum of six wins. So, I'm not predicting that. I think it's doable as long as the wheels don't fall off if they lose to UTSA to start the season, because if that happens. The fans will hop off the train. <laughs> oh, from the okay. from the get go. That it'll, yeah. And again, depending on how it looks, right? It'll be uh, it'll it'll be <laughs> it would not be a a very um happy and it'll very it'll be a very ominous start to the season, regardless of what happens to fall. Well, they play Rice Week Two, so they they better not falling out by losing to the Owls. Then that'll really take the air out of. That TCU opening, day. yeah, I I, I uh, completed my preseason ballot for the American football poll today, and for fourteen teams, I have Rice. I think I picked Rice eleventh. I think I think that's about right, eleventh. So really, Rice. I think Rice could do a little bit better than the American. It's but see, I, I thought so too. Then I looked at everybody else. I mean. UTSA and Tulane are the top two teams in the conference. Agreed. SMU is, is up there. I think Memphis is up there. Um, you still got uh, Tom Herman, Florida Atlantic. He might surprise people there. So there's some other folks that are like, wow, <laughs> the conference might be better than people think. <laughs> you know, so that's part of it as well. And media, oh, my, my buddy, D skills said, <laughs> D skills texted me that the Big 12 is claiming Marcus Sasser because they're retweeting, they're tweeting uh, some of his points uh, in today's game. The Big 12 says <laughs> two of the 40 for Marcus Sasser, the highest point total in this year's summer league. Actually, just it's just one bucket, but it, it's they're reversing his 40 point performance. So how oh, about that? I, I, I just saw it. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> they retweeted the Detroit Pistons tweet. So, so they're, claiming, they're claiming Marcus Sasser. So, th- so there you go. Hey, that's what conferences do. Oh, and also, if you're just joining us what later did? and missed it earlier, uh, I'm going to say it again. I was told while I was at the football media day for the Big 12 that Colorado all signs point to Colorado returning to the Big 12. Could be as soon as by the end of July. We shall see. Ironically, Pac-12 Media Day 
is this coming Friday, July 21st. We don't expect a media deal to be announced before then. <laughs> you know, Monday, you mentioned it earlier about the Mountain West and San Diego State and that disaster. They're going at the Mountain West is meeting July 17th to decide, determine what they're going to do with San Diego State. I think they're going to just kiss and make up. And wouldn't it be something if they didn't let them rejoin the conference? It, it, it would be a shock if, if they did that. It would shock me tremendously. I think they won't do that. I think they'll invite San Diego State. They may have to say, they might say, pay a fine, you know, pay a couple million bucks. You can come back. And then if you're back, you'll be back this coming season and then 24, 25 as well. And then maybe they'll leave, you know, and join. But heck, they got to get invited first. They have nowhere to <laughs> know where to join right if now. Because if, you're, no invite. if you're San Diego, if you're San Diego State and they just say, I, I think I agree, Chris, with you in terms of that potentially not, not being likely of, of them not being allowed to get, rejoin the Mountain West. But what if they're what if they don't? What if Mountain West says, you guys wanted to leave. You're not welcome back. What does what does San Diego State do then? Take them to court. It, <laughs> there will be lawyers then if that happens. So, and that's the reason why I don't think the Mountain West will kick them out because they want to avoid mm -hmm. the legal drama and legal fees and court fees and all those things. So, they kind of split the baby and say, okay, you you can come back. Or well, well, you say you didn't really leave. We kind of believe you. So just to make it good to us, we're going to give you back the six point six million we withheld. But out of that six point six, give us two million dollars, and we'll just say everything is forgiven. I think that's probable. But what about UConn? UConn is not. And Andy, what should we say? Should we say autonomy five as a nod to Michael Resco? Or should we say group G5 and the Cougs are now autonomy five or the Cougs P5 and, and UConn is in the American is, or excuse me, in the Big East is P6 or P7 or, or whatever. What is it? What should we say? Officially, they are on a non-autonomous five conference. Because you know, Chris, that the American has claimed to power six. So the sixth power conference. That, that is true. So that's fair. Okay. So UConn, they're not so they're not even P six. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, so they're G in terms of T V discussion, they are not a power five conference. So they are not part of uh Fox Sports and ESPN paying UConn a full pro rata share like the current members earn. UConn would receive less, you know, in comparison to Colorado. Colorado is going to get the pro rata. They will earn whatever the current members at the July 1st Big 12 members get. UConn would not get that because they're not a power program, not in a power conference. Basketball, obviously they are. But I I heard from folks, different folks, did not really want UConn to join the Big 12. But some folks said 
But Brett wants UConn in the Big 12. <laughs> so, Commissioner, your mark wants UConn in the Big 12. But a lot of other folks don't want UConn in the Big 12 because football got better, was good last year under Jim Moore. What if, as a flash in the pan, what if football is not good at UConn this year? Or what if some other program hires Jim Mora after this season and they return to stinking in football. So what are you, you know, what are you weighing UConn football? Are you banking on them being relevant consistently? Or are you just simply saying it's the Northeast market and the big 12 wants to be coast to coast and getting UConn would help accomplish that. What say you? No, I think specifically looking at looking at it, if it's Brett or Mark pushing for it, I think it's very, very hard to ignore um, the the basketball component of it. I mean, that's that's probably one of the biggest draws. Possibly, if obviously we don't we don't know what your Mark's thinking, but I would say that's probably one of the biggest factors why if, if he indeed is one of the possibly the only driving force for UConn to join the Big Twelve. That's got to be the bit. One of the biggest reasons for the, wanting to have the Huskies in the conference. Um, when it comes to football, I can absolutely see why from, again, looking at it from the bigger perspective, why across different programs in the conference, they don't necessarily see the value that they would add, even even if it wasn't a flash in the pan season. I still think you could they would very considerably, considerably be far behind any of the other um, programs in the Big 12. I mean, West Virginia is picked to be last in the conference, and I think West Virginia is clear-cut head and shoulders above UConn uh, from a football standpoint. So there's not necessarily much value in that from 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 the gridiron perspective. But then looking at it from from again looking at it from the basketball side of things, that that's that's going to be a point of emphasis under Yarmark, and I think we're mm-hmm. already seeing it. it. This was football media day, and Commissioner Yarmark still brought up the international game. Um, the Kansas and Houston are going to be playing in men's basketball in 2024. I think you can clearly tell that's a big priority for the commissioner uh, for the conference to have and potentially add value in that manner, being able to not just be a a conference that solely focuses on football, and I think that's a big reason for it. And UConn football is not has not been great in recent years. They did earn a spot to the Orange Bowl years ago, part of the Big East. But Rutgers football has been poor, was poor for a long, long time. But the Big Ten wanted them because of the market, because of the demographics. And folks, some folks say times have changed. What's more important? The brand or demographics. UConn basketball is a brand. Is a national brand. Football obviously isn't. But in terms of in the future, the next media rights deal for the conference, if you if C- Commissioner Omar gets his way and is able to split up the money, have a contract for Big 12 football, and another contract for Big 12 basketball. You got UConn basketball part of that package. That's that's money. It's just adding. You're just adding to an already 
powerhouse of the conference. That's additive (laughs) right there. UConn basketball, men's and women's basketball, that's additive for your conference. Football, I mean, right now it's not. But what could UConn do if they had... Power five resources. Yes. So I'm leaning toward, I think it's, and I forget the writer, his name, he covers UConn for the New Haven Register or the Hartford, Hartford Current, one of them, he thinks it's inevitable that UConn will be, if not the Big 12, in the ACC. And I'm not sure why you, they want to join the ACC because that's, I think, a sinking ship mm-hmm. in, in due time. But he thinks it is inevitable that UConn will be in a power conference within the next five years. If it's five years, it's got to be the Big 12. If it's if it's ten years in ACC, who knows what what is the ACC? You know, after ten years, so that's a little scuttlebutt I heard while I was at Big Twelve Football Media Day. The note about Dana Holgerson: if they don't win five games, these folks said Dana might be in trouble. That surprised me, but I'm putting it out there. Uh, you know, Chris Pesman said to media at media day and he said it locally as well that in his opinion this first year for Houston in the Big 12 success would be going to a bowl getting to a bowl I think six at six wins Indiana has said that's doable Joe Mendez Tony M anyone else watching us on Twitter and on YouTube and on Facebook Andy says that is doable. Getting to a bowl game is doable this year for the Houston Cougars football team. We will find out starting on what's the first game of the season? September 2nd? Two. Correct. Against UTSA. I think that's going to be a loss for the Cougs. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a competitive game again. It cannot be a loss. Um, it, it'd, be, it'd be something, wouldn't it? For it most definitely would the, the Big Twelve member lose to, <laughs> lose American. to the American. Somewhere, Mike Oresco would be smiling if that happened. He would, but you know, drawing from grinning from ear to ear. Last year, it was Carmen USA beating the <laughs> member UTSA beating Houston in the American. Well, <laughs> close, but Houston pulled it off. They were able so, to yeah. win. They were close. So we shall see in the final score. The Rockets advance to the Summer League championship game. Water is for everybody. Water is for everyone. The Houston Rockets advancing to the championship game against Cleveland or whoever else. I really don't know. Nate Hinton had 27 points, five steals, three assists, and five rebounds on 9-16 shooting. Hit four threes in the win. Big game from Nate. There you go. Clifford came through. Uh, Cam Whitmore. 9 for 17, 4 for 11 from 3, 4 assists while Cam passed the ball. Well, that's a good sign. He had 25 <laughs> points. I wonder if he got some of those assists from Nate Hinton Buckets. But there you go. I'm not sure who the Rockets will play Monday, I think, 8 o'clock Central Time for the Summer League Championship. Oh, they're going to play Cleveland, I believe. It's, I think Cleveland and Brooklyn were also the two 4-0 teams on the other side of the Summer League bracket. So, yes, Get ready, everybody. Pop the champagne or, or pop sure. the water bottles. Rockets. Oh, see, we need Willie Gibson here to give a scouting report of the Cleveland Cavs summer league team to prime the matchup 
the huge, huge Titanic tilt taking place Monday evening in Vegas for the 2023 Summer League Championship between the Summer League Rockets and the Summer League Cleveland Cavaliers. I am so, so not excited whatsoever about that. <laughs> but all right, Andy Yanez, these closing moments. How can folks find you on social media, sir? Yes, Chris. I appreciate, as always, for allowing me to be on folks talk, talking sports and allowing you to use this platform, share it with you. People can find me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five and also Pod Slime and Jamma on YouTube and Twitter at Pod Slime and Jamma and other social media outlets, Instagram and TikTok. At Let's Reach Cougs, all under all lowercase Let's Reach Cougs. And I'm on Twitter still for the time being at the HR Review. But more importantly, more and more on threads at Houston Round Bar View. Website, of course, HoustonRoundBarView.com. Since 1994, Houston Round Bar View. Local name, Global Perspective. And to close it out, going to play the Big 12's new countdown promo spot. Two minutes, the clip twice. Here we go. This is from the recently concluded Big 12 Football Media Day that took place last week, and I was there. Check it out. We started at 12. One in 11 deep. And dropping downs since 9-6. Back when the Big 8 met the Southwest, to countless wins later. And if we're talking hardware, how seven husbands count with six by the net, with five on the floor, we got the power. And to the new four coming our way, welcome. This is for the four years to make your mark. Whether it's a three with 3.1 on the clock, or the biggest two-point play to inspire generation. One thing's clear, we've always been ready to twist. You know, I love that spot so much. Can you play it again for me, please? One more time. Thank you. You got my back? You got my back? We started at 12. One in 11 deep. And dropping downs since 9-6. Back when the Big 8 met the Southwest, to countless wins later. And if we're talking hardware, how seven husbands count? With six by the net, or five on the floor, we got the power. And to the new four coming our way, welcome. This is for the four years to make your mark. Whether it's a three with 3.1 on the clock, or the biggest two-point play to inspire generation.